We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about TikTok brought to you by Rolling Stone. Where millennials talk about teens, but not in a weird way. So tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So instead of celebrating the colonizers or um, trying to poop um, after <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about content creators we're grateful for instead. <laughs> I'm so we're, thankful for content. I'm so thankful for content. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we have the space to do this. Yeah. Um, so I personally am grateful to the ceramicist, who is a woman named Corey Sandler. Um, she makes pottery. She lives in a rainforest in Canada, which I think she lives in British Columbia, but like, I don't know Canada. I don't know from Canada. So if any Canadian listeners are mad at me, like, you know, write in, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Correct me. Um, and she's in her 60s and she, all she does is make pottery. And she sings Joni Mitchell on live. And it's unbelievably soothing. She calls her viewers tickle tackles, which I love. Oh. Um, and it's like ASMR. I'm a little bit in love with her, honestly. Hello, tickle tackles. So I'm just about loading a kiln and realized that I have a couple of these vine bowls and vine cups to make. So I thought that I'd just kind of show you a little bit about what I do when I'm decorating. That honestly sounds like my ideal version of life. Like, just making ceramics, singing Joni Mitchell. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, I can't tell if I want to be her or be with her. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of have always had this fantasy of, like, moving in with an older woman and who makes pottery and, like, never wears shoes. And yeah. You, like, so Corey really fits the bill in that regard. Um, but she's amazing. I love her. Um she makes these, I, I never thought that I would enjoy watching people, like someone paint balls on, on little ceramic Christmas <laughs> trees as much as I do. Hello, Tickle Tackles. So you asked for it, right? So here's one of my tree mugs, but you guys want them for Christmas. Imagine that. So I'm, I'm grateful to Corey. Thank you, Corey, for um, bringing me uh, so much relaxation in these trying times. Can you buy her stuff? I would I would buy a mug from her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask me if the mugs were nice because I don't think <laughs> 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 it's all it's about the process for me. Yeah, it's more it's than about it's, the relaxing. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, it. I'm, and I'm also I'm not a big fan of like ceramic. Like I'm not a big fan of that aesthetic. Oh know? yeah. Like I, I like. I would buy a mug. These like look fine. They kind of match a lot of my decor. Yeah, they're very like neutral tones, you know. Yeah. They're yeah, they're nice. They're nice enough. It's just like it's just not really my thing. Oh, seventy five dollars. I'm not buying a mug. <laughs> it's seventy five dollars. I actually yeah. didn't know it was seventy five dollars <laughs> for good. a mug. Yeah, I mean, I guess like care went into it. <laughs> you said that so derisively. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like spending over ten dollars for anything. You know? Yeah, for for a mug, I mean, yeah, I'll get my Zazzle, like, cats, Andrew Lloyd Webber mugs. Like, I guess I'll stick with that. I'll buy, like, the, like, the, 
the she and dupe of the mug for like five dollars in the housewares section on the website, along with like <laughs> crop tops in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cor- Corey, we're grateful to you, but not to the extent that we'll actually spend seventy five dollars on. But we appreciate you. Yes, on your mugs. Sorry. I think I'm most grateful for trains, or rather, mm-hmm. Francis Bourgeois' love for trains. Francis loves trains and, like, really appreciates a marvelous loco, as he calls it, which I am obsessed with that entire phrasing. He <laughs> travels around the UK to see his favorite trains, like this one called Dick Mabut. This is beautiful 73962, Dick Mabut. What a beautiful locomotive she is. And the fact that he gets through talking about a train called Dick Mabut so, so emotionally, without losing it, is incredible. Is it so the train is called he doesn't call it that the train is actually called Dick train, My Butt? The name on the train says Dick My Butt. Dick <laughs> My Butt. It's like a Simpsons joke. It's like a Bart Simpson calling calling Mo and being like, Can I please can I please speak to Dick? Dick My Butt. Only in England, honestly. Only o- in o- England. I feel like everybody in England is named some variation of Dick My Butt. <laughs> and basically his his content, it's very it's so deeply pure and quaint. And what happens in the videos usually, they kind of follow the same same structure, is he talks about the train for a little bit. He talks about where he is. Kind of he goes to different locations, different times of day. Sometimes it's the middle of the night where the train on that schedule is passing through the station. Mm-hmm. And he has a GoPro-style camera. And I saw a couple of videos where he's, like, being filmed outside so you can really see it. And it looks just like a a kind of old, like, Canon camera that's strapped to his head, like, not like a full GoPro where it's, like, a third eye. Because the camera not only captures the train, but it captures his reaction to it. So you're getting this, like, fisheye lens-style image of Francis laughing or crying, depending on how much he loves this train. And it's just, it's, like, honestly, like, very beautiful and very, like, lovely. Like, he just has these very emotional reactions sometimes. And he's so deeply delighted and moved by the trains. It's really hard to not be obsessed with him. Um, I love this video where you just, like, hear his, like, gleeful laughter at all the different noises that this train makes. And he's, like, doing a counter of, like, the, like, multiple kinds of weird tones that the train makes. It's just... (laughs) Thank you, Gordon! Thank you so much, Gordon! I'm gonna run over... Just a sweet person. Um, He also interviews the people who work on the trains. Um, He just celebrates their jobs in a way that I'm sure they don't get a lot of people who are coming up asking asking conductors, you know, how they got their job and what they love most about it. It's he's just I, I truly adore him and absolutely transcended when I found out that he loves electronic music. Like he just recently <laughs> posted a video of him going to a club that had a great railway history. And he also had his little head camera in tow. So you can Aww. see him clubbing in this little fisheye lens. You see you see little Francis dancing. Um, he might actually be my perfect man. So this used to be a Royal Mail sorting office. And now it's an awesome club called The Warehouse Projects. Did you, go, did, you have a, did you go through a train thing? I feel like you didn't. I, I went through like a car thing when I was a kid. Oh, really? I really loved cars. Like any kinds of cars or? Um, I loved like, I, I play like a lot of racing games. Like I, I think it was like video game induced. Like I would play like a lot of, um, you know, was it Grand Theft Auto and like stuff like that. 
Um, I don't know. I just like really like cars. I don't know why. I always thought I was gonna, I was going to drive, but then I didn't like driving, so that ended it. I thought I was going to be like a person who drove, and then I never got my license. Why do you think cars and not trains? I li- I think I like the the freedom of the car. I like the idea mm-hmm. of like taking a road trip. You know, maybe I was watching Crossroads too much as a kid. Like I was <laughs> like, I love the idea of like hopping in a car and going anywhere. But I do like I love train travel. I've always fantasized about taking a train across the country, but I'm not, like, obsessed. With, I didn't, like, go through, like, a train thing. Like, I didn't have, like, a train track. Like, people have, like, those, like, toy train tracks. Never had one. That was not for me. My son is really into trains. He's more into bridges than tra- He's just into, like, infrastructure in general. Yeah. It's, like, very strange, but apparently not uncommon for, like, a four-and-a-half-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I I was I was really into train travel too, like romanticized train travel. And then when I was in college, I took a train from um, Cleveland, where I went to school, to New York, and that pretty much that ruined it pretty quickly. <laughs> I had I had the we had a sleeper car. I had the worst meal of my life on the train. Like I I still remember the way that burger tasted, the Amtrak burger. Oh my gosh! Ne- never again. Never again. You know, Europe has really great train travel. That's like the ideal that's place. True. So like, that's why, you know, France is sort of going and exploring trains like Dick Mabut. Like, it's like, there are like better trains <laughs> there. <laughs> you know, like there's better options. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Francis, for all that you do for, for TikTok and, and for trains. Yeah. So I I love dating app content on TikTok. And EJ, I know that you're you've been married for a while. Have you ever used a dating app? <laughs> yes, for fun. Yes. Yeah. I was debating how honest I should be. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband knows this isn't this isn't gonna be like a huge revelation to yeah, him. Yeah. Like he's he's watched me like be like, I'm gonna download Tinder and he's gonna be like he's like, why? And I'm like, for fun. And like, you know, That's I, a good I relationship. Swipe. I've swiped through it and he's like helped me, you know, figure out who to swipe on and, and, you know, deleted it shortly thereafter. So yes, I I have been. So you're familiar with how dating apps work. I feel like I've often had to explain how a date as a, as a longtime single person, I've had to deeply explain how dating apps work and they're each very confusing, Mm -hmm. but dating app content is very, very viral on TikTok because I think people who have to use it regularly, um, kind of share in the, you know, they share in the trauma of having to use a dating right. app because it's, mm-hmm. it's often a mixed bag. You have the weirdest interactions. Uh, some of the weirdest interactions in my life have happened through dating apps. Um, and some of the G- content. Give an example. Give an example, please. <laughs> give an example of the weirdest one. I don't know. I've had like just like some like weird conversations. I like don't. I can't even. Th- I'm off of them right now. Other than like, the only one I'm using is Raya right now. Um, you got a Raya invite? Yes. Holy shit! Wow. How'd you do do that? I don't know. I was on the wait list for a long time. It was literally the day that my Adele story dropped that I got off the wait list. (laughs) What were you more, what were you proudest of? The fact that you got off the Raya wait list or the Adele story? Honestly, kind of the Raya wait list. That was many, (laughs) it was a long wait list. (laughs) Have you seen, have you seen any famous people on there? Okay. So I am seeing famous people constantly and none of my friends do. Like my friends who have been on Raya for a long time have not seen any of the famous people I've seen. And I keep seeing so many. I saw Blake Griffin yesterday. No way. Yes. I've seen John Mayer three times. He pops up all the time for me. What's his profile like? His profile's fine. Um, his song, oh my God, what was his song? 
I don't remember. Anyway, his profile is fine. He has perfectly fine photos. His um, You can choose to use Raya either for dating or just for friends. And his, um, it says that he's using it just for friends, but then his bio says, I'm not here just for friends. It's weird. I'm just like, just don't put that. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, okay. I'm only on Raya. Not to... Not, not to, to like, brag, I'm, not to brag, but I'm you're off, only on the most exclusive dating app in the world. <laughs> I'm off all dating apps except for Raya. Anyway, having to explain dating apps though to my single friend or not my single friends to my cuffed friends is always hilarious. But now the content is even better or worse, I guess, depending on your perspective of this <laughs> when you do see it. But there is a voice memo update that was introduced on Hinge in the time that I have been off of the apps and. So if you haven't used Hinge before, the way that it's set up is much different than the way that you see other dating apps. Like, I think people know the general way that Tinder is used, that Bumble is used. But on Hinge, they basically changed it where you can't just easily swipe left, swipe right constantly. You have to kind of scroll through a profile to see all the photos and to see all the biographical info. Um, And basically, the way it's laid out is... It's a profile photo, then a prompt, usually like two truths and a lie, and then they answer the prompt. And that's another photo. Then it's like some more biographical information. So a lot of people are answering these sort of predetermined prompts that Hinge gives you. But now with the Hinge voice memo update, you can answer those questions with a voice memo. Mm -hmm. And how does that change the experience of the app? So there are pros and cons to this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So one of the biggest pros is you can kind of see how like wacky people are. So in this video that I love, this guy is responding to my most controversial opinion is. And it's him advocating for dog suffrage. I think dogs should vote. Dog vote. Dog vote. Dog suffrage. Which is... Dogs voting? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and then, i don't like that i don't i don't like that let's pay it's a it's a, key, it's a key response i think okay um and then they also now have a prompt for celebrity impressions so people are doing their celebrity impressions on on hinge much like this person doing his harry potter impression i do a really good impression of harry potter hey how's it going i'm harry potter i'm gonna cast a spell on you ah. <laughs> it's cute that's really cute yeah i love that okay <laughs> And then you get embarrassingly relayed fun facts like like this one. I like white guys. And the reason why this is a fun fact about me that surprises people, like even strangers that I meet, I'm black. Well, I'm mixed. I'm half black, half white. A lot of people assume that just because I'm half black, I guess, I have to like black oh, men. Oh, God. Like, who, who? Just don't, don't, nev- never be that weird, weird and horny on, on the app. Anyway, I I think it's kind of nice. So voice memos existed on Bumble before, where but they was it was only so you can like send voice memos in the message, which I had used before, which is kind of fun. Like it's like fun to sort of get more of a personality from someone um, without having to like talk on the phone, you know. Um, I think it's like kind of nice for the most part. You get a little bit of figuring out who's funny, who has like a good sense of humor. Some people are painfully boring. You can tell who sort of rehearsed their answers on on there. Um, but, you know, the fact that it exposes the fun weirdos is the best part, right? Like, you can sort of figure out, like, oh, this person is, like, funny or is, like, a, a good time. But it's, it's, you know, it's also just a gateway to a ton of incredible screen-recorded videos and TikTok comment matchmaking. 
I, I think this sort of gives people an opportunity to, like, show themselves off a little bit more. Yeah, like, people on, on Bumble, people were using the Voice Memo app to, like, in their bio, they would do a prompt that was, like, sing me a song. Or they would, like, message the person, because on Bumble, it's where the, the girls only can, like, message the guys first and, like, mm-hmm. the, um you know, obviously, like, more, like, heterosexual pairings for it. But, like... um they would be like, sing me a song. And the guys would send voice memos of them singing songs through. And that's like fun. That's like a fun way to use it. Like it's a good way to sort of get some personality from someone. Cause it's kind of hard on dating apps. Like you can't really tell everyone like texts and messages differently. Like, you know, some people use emojis. Some people don't. People use weird punctuation. Like you, you really can't tell, but if you get a little voice memo, it's a little more fun. It does seem like it would be a prime opportunity for creeps to record themselves jerking off, though, and like breathing yes. heavily. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm. Which I have not seen. Sure. That, but I'm sure it's I have happened. not. I know. I'm like I almost redownloaded Hinge just so I can see what the options were with like the voice memo. But I'm on Ryan now, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point of this segment, and frankly, this episode, and frankly, this this entire podcast, is that Brittany is on Ryan now. I am on Ryan. I just wanted to announce it to the world. Um, And Blake Griffin, if you're listening, please like me back. Speaking of Blake Griffin, um, let's talk about what straight people are doing. (laughs) Straight people. Today in What Straight People Are Doing, Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello broke up. Two people we will soon see on Raya. We both previously talked about them in the context of TikTok. We talked about Sean Mendez when he took the Vanity Fair lie detector test and he refused to tell the interviewer what was on his For You page. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Camila um, when, I think we, we talked about her and when Cinderella came out and everybody on TikTok was roasting her terrible vocals, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Whoever made this movie hated her. So these are these are two people. People have been weirdly fascinated by their relationship. And I feel like we should probably say right off the bat why. Yes. Um, yeah. So they've been to. Yeah. Do you do you want to take I'll, this or should I'll, I? I'll, I'll take the Sean and Camila context. Um, <laughs> OK. <laughs> so Sean and Camila, um, they've been friends. They were friends for a really long time. And I will say like very genuine friendship. I interviewed Sean many, many years ago and him and Camila were besties. They briefly toured together. Um, they have been, they've been good friends since Camila was in Fifth Harmony and Sean was just like launching his music career post Vine. So that their sort of relationship in that sense was like very, very real and very long-term. They'd been together, like they've been in each other's orbit for many, many years. Um, and around the time that they both were sort of like transitioning into more adult sounds. So like Camila was solo now and, Havana had blown up already. You know, she's like a kind of in the next phase of her career. And around the time Sean is making a little bit more mature music, a little sexier, kind of like kind of changing his vibe to like, okay, I'm like super buff now. They started to spark dating rumors. They released a song called Senorita together, a very like sexy little like duet that's like not very good. Um, and they started to, like, be really horny on Instagram. They, like, made out, they, like, swallowed each other's faces in, like, one of the most cursed videos I've ever seen in my entire life. So we, um, we saw, like, on Twitter and stuff, you guys saying stuff about the way we were kissing and how it looks weird, like, we kiss like fish. Yeah. 
and um really hurt our feelings we just want to show you how we really kiss yeah it's like an intrusive thought every once in a while of like remembering that i saw that and yeah they just like were kind of just like horny on main all the time just like at award shows like just like sweaty and about to make out performing senorita and everyone thought that it was a PR stunt from the beginning. No mm-hmm. one believed that this relationship was real. Like, they basically just, like, very quickly pivoted from being, like, kind of casual industry friends to suddenly they were, like, horny together all the time. They had a song to promote that did not help matters. Uh, the song was already kind like, I think the song was out before they even started being sort of, like, you know, together. Or, like, the rumors started to, like, amp up. But they just... Everyone thought it was PR stunt. Of course, like, everyone has, like, their own theories on Sean and on Camila and on their relationship, on the status of it. People have a lot of theories on Sean's sexuality, which has been sort of lurking around his career since he was a teenager. Um, And Camila seems very fame-hungry. She seems like she, like, really... She wants to be a celebrity. There's a vibe that people get from her sort of public persona. Um, And so there's, there's just been rumors that it was not real. But it lasted a very long time. It did not also help that during the pandemic, they did a lot of slow walking for the paparazzi um, with their coffee mugs and in their pajamas. That seemed very forced, obviously, because they were very slowly walking and aggressively yawning to get photographed by the paparazzi. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's it's persisted. But they did adopt a dog together. They remained together even off cycle. They would post content together. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think... I don't feel as strongly about it being, like, a huge PR stunt. Um, I think there was something, like, at least sort of genuine there. But I think it's because they were also, like, friends, so it makes it a little bit weirder. Yeah, I mean, I kind of assume that most relationships, most celebrity relationships are PR stunts to some degree or another. Um, yeah. Especially, especially if they if the people in question have projects to promote, right. which was, and which the timing was the case. with Senorita and the start of the relationship, of course, makes it a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah. And also, I mean, you mentioned the rumors surrounding Sean Mendez's sexuality, which, you know, to an extent are rumors that sort of plague a lot of young, right. hot male stars. Um, but I, I would say they've been especially amplified for Sean. Um, I think, and I think largely unfairly, you know, I, I think it's, it's mostly has to do with his, persona yeah um if i mean i don't i don't know if you agree like have any thoughts on that like but he he just seems to me like to be so he was he was packaged as such like a as as such like an asexual beefcake in the beginning of his career yeah that that it seems inevitable that he would have those rumors float around him yeah that's definitely very like that's very true and you know i think it's like asexual beefcake like i think there was you know, he's just, like, always presented much more soft. Like, he's not, like, aggressively masculine. Like, I think, like, in the sense of, like, he's, like, very muscular or whatever. Like, I guess that's more prototypical. But even that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean hyper-masculinity. Like, he's always just, like, presented softer. Like, he's always had, like, a softness to him. And he embraces that. And that's something that I... I'm, like, a long-time Shawn Mendes fan. Like, I love his music. Mm-hmm. I'm, like... I've interviewed him, like, multiple times. He's such a delightful kid. Like, he's very, very sweet. And he's something he, like, now kind of analyzes in in his music. Um, And, like, his most recent album, like, he, like, got into, like, painting his nails and, like, kind of embracing, like, that softness and things like that in a way that a lot of other stars that do, um, you know, are consider themselves heterosexual. Like, you know, like, Harry, of course, like, his sexuality is a lot more, like, muddled. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Pete Davidson, Machine Gun Kelly, like, they all are 
you know, yeah. present as heterosexual and consider themselves heterosexual or at least, like, are not out as anything else um, also do. So it's not, like, confined to just the idea of being queer in that sense. But I think he has embraced the softer parts of him and has sort of analyzed a lot of that in his music, um, that, like, masculinity doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah, and in that regard, like, I think a lot of the rumors, you know, surrounding his sexuality and how that plays into people's analysis of their relationship, I think a lot of that was fueled by internalized homophobia. Right. But but there and also is... Kid, when you're young, too, like, that's the other thing. So, like, Justin Bieber got those rumors for years. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought Justin Bieber was gay because he was just, like, a prepubescent boy. <laughs> you know, like, it's like when you're, like, a, a 15-year-old boy who, like, has not finished puberty yet and you just have, like a softer voice, it's like, oh, he must be. And so that plagued him for years. And I don't think anyone thinks that about Justin now. Like, I don't think people consider his... But also he, I think, went through a lot of kind of prototypical sort of masculinity, soul-searching type of bullshit um, to prove himself. I think the bigger thing about about Sean and Camilla's relationship was, like, as you said earlier, it just seemed so, like, effortful in a way. And, like, and, 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 like, thirsty... Like, I, the, I, Dumois, I remember seeing this item on Dumois, and, and I also, you know, assume that a lot of the items on Dumois are planted as well when, like, breakup rumors had started circulating about them. And somebody was like, I saw them on a flight. They were sucking face. Like, she was on top of him. She, um, he asked if she wanted to watch Marie Antoinette, and she said she didn't want to. And th- that's the kind of, like, inane celebrity sighting yeah. that, like, Dumois loves to publish and that, like, I love... That, that's, like, why I follow Dumois. Yeah. But it's also, like, it just seems so... Like, I I am 95% sure that was planted by a publicist trying to stave off rumors of a breakup and, like, keep them in yeah. a news cycle. Like, oh, these, these people are fucking. Like, they're fucking and they're watching Marie Antoinette and, you know, they're trying not to fuck on a plane and in between they're arguing over, like, whether or not they should watch Kirsten Dunst movies on cross, cross-country flights. Yeah. Yeah, and they were... I mean, I think the thing is, too, like, whenever a couple sort of has, like, the this is a PR stunt rumors around it is like, it's because they're being so aggressive with it. Like they were like making out all over the place. Like it was like a little bit much. It was a little like, you know, it, it made Courtney and Travis look tame. They were just, it was doing too much in front of the paparazzi. It's like, just, it's just, you could be a couple in, in private, you know? I do. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting though, that those rumors plagued them so much yeah. when, like we were saying before, like, like, I mean, you mentioned Courtney and Travis. Yeah. Like, nobody, nobody is talking about that being a PR stunt. You don't. Nobody is. I see that. I've seen that too. Oh, you have. Yeah. I mean, I think like the idea with the Kardashians, and of course, it's coming up even more now with like Pete and Kim being confirmed, is like the idea that the relationships are very timed to controversies and to things that are happening. Um, yeah. And like, you know, like just I don't know to sort of get away from other kind of messes that are happening in the family. So, yeah, I think that's definitely plays a part. Like, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of that. I don't think people... I think also there's an inherent mistrust of the Kardashian family and their relationships. So I have seen it, but I think people are also... Because Courtney had a really bad relationship before Travis, people are rooting for them, right? Like, that's the difference. Is like, there's nothing that, like, Camille or Sean are coming back from. Like, I think, like, because of Courtney and Scott... The difference is people like the idea of Courtney and Travis more because she had that, like, an awful partner for many years that just, like, she couldn't really escape. Do you think 
that it's giving Cher played a role in their breakup. <laughs> Honestly, I thought it's giving Cher would have kept them together. If someone told you me it's giving Cher, I would. You don't think that she took him home and was like, why the fuck did you say that? <laughs> I mean, it created why an incredible that? meme that also Sean has like, like joked. He's like done like meme TikToks about it too, like with other content creators with it. So I don't know. I think they're, they they had a little fun with it. That's the thing too, is like, there are points that like kind of made me be like, oh, like maybe, maybe they are like dating. It's like, they have like sort of like genuinely mundane moments. Like there are times when like Sean has like a pretty like aggressively normal TikTok presence. Like his TikTok is just kind of him doing like random group friend trends like you know it's like mm-hmm. I think this person's gonna get the drunkest like going into a bathroom and like everyone answering that and it would be like him and Camila and like they're like friends like hanging out like a house or something and I'm like sometimes that seemed like a little bit like normal mundane couple stuff that seemed less like pr but yeah but also everything is PR I guess maybe I'm just gullible I want to believe in definitely- so are you a are you a Sean and Camilla truther? Would you say like a Sean and Camilla truther is somebody who believes they were together or doesn't believe they were together? That's hard. Um I would say I got I guess technically truther would be the like not believing that they're together, right? Like because we have been presented one version of it. I would say I'm like I I lean towards PR stunt in a way that I don't usually with celebrity couples. Like I like to believe that they're real. Um you know, it's just cute. Like I don't like I don't want to hear anyone tell me that Benefer is not real. Like I'm I can't I can't process that because Oh it's no. Real. That would that that would be like saying Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. Well <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, are you about to tell are you about to tell me that Santa Claus is is not real? Is that is that what's about to happen? <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate I hate to break this to you. You're gonna you're gonna burst my thirty two year old Jewish bubble. <laughs> you know, Santa finally. Santa fictional, Benefer real. I would rather Benefer deliver me <laughs> presents um, this December. But yeah, like that that stuff, I, I'm usually prone to believing that something is real. Sean and Camila, there was just, the timing was like too much. It was not, it, 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 it was giving PR. It was giving PR. favorite subgenres of himbo content is men who accidentally become gay icons on TikTok. And a primo example of this is the incredible creator at Joy Jefferson, who's going viral for absolutely hoovering the shit out of a giant gummy snake. It's day one, sucking on the world's biggest fucking snake gummy. For the record, I am going to be biting it at the end of every video, because if I don't, this thing's going to take a year and a half to finish. Figure out if I should start on the head or, or the tail. So, this is what the internet was made for. <laughs> he framed this as sort of a viral clickbaity stunt, but it's hard for me to believe that he didn't anticipate people freaking out about the fact that he's deep-throating a gummy snake. If he truly didn't, then that's the ultimate himbo behavior. People in the comments are freaking out. People are stitching him, proposing marriage. It's absolutely incredible. And the best part is he's made it a multi-part series, and each video is more entertaining than the last. Yeah, he didn't give up. He's still doing it. <laughs> I guess he got the engagement. I mean, why not? Like, he's he's still... I think he's on, like, day four or something. Yeah. Day three, sucking on the world's largest gummy snake till I finish it. 137. 130. And the snake, he's barely made a dent, by the way. I like, mean, ha- there, there's more than half the snake there. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, like, like, what's, like, the shelf life 
for that. Like when does, Mm, you know, like it's like, I feel like gummies that they like sit out get kind of gross and hard. I don't think they go bad though. They're full of a lot of like preservatives. Yeah, but they like it like right? they like harden, don't they? Like over time, like if they're like kept out and if it's too hot in the house, what if it melts and suddenly has melted gummy snake all over his countertop? That's disgusting. So you're worried that this himbo will get botulism? I mean, I, I think I'm less I'm less concerned about infection. I'm more concerned about like the gummy itself being disgusting. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it doesn't seem like a pleasant experience. It's not being like properly wrapped up. It's like, you know, it's well, you don't know. He could be saran wrapping it and putting it in the fridge. He and could be using protection on the gummy snake. <laughs> <laughs> but also that takes up so much fridge space. Where are you going to put your leftovers? Thanksgiving's coming. Maybe he has like a, um, a like a, a serial killer like ice house, um, like cooler. But then it's a frozen gummy. Yeah. There's no, it's there's it's no not a good situation. Way. There's no easy way yeah. to preserve this and that's my concern i'm just worried that like if the gummy hardens what if he breaks a tooth he should be consulting with a doctor at the very least you're right yeah you know he could this is, he this could, is the kind of stunt that requires that he can seriously injure himself doing the gluck gluck 9000 on on a gummy snake is that your favorite um oral sex euphemism i do i i do love the gluck gluck i think that is like the funniest i i mean i i like that too i think that gen z really has Set the bar for yeah. oral sex euphemism. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber Paul. Edited by Dan Stein. And original music composed by Daniel Marksleft. 